0: Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning to our Wednesday edition of the podcast. We're certainly sort of thankful for each of you listening. We're going to be back in Job 38 today. Before we do that, I want to say we're going to be at the Mont Alto Bible Baptist Church. Now, they normally meet in a home in Mont Alto, and uh, this week and next week, the week following, we're going to be renting the pavilion there at the Mont Alto Park that's in Mount Alto, Pennsylvania, and I'll be there this Sunday, Lord willing, morning and evening. And so 1030, then six o'clock in the evening. And we we'll have outdoor services, and we do that, and they have done that for several years now to be a light in the community. It's hard to get somebody to come to a home church, and uh, it's difficult sometimes, but they have an outreach. They handle a lot of tracts, invite folks. So we're trying to get folks to come, so pray to some sinners, uh, some neighbor folks that they've been invited would come. And then the following week, we'll be there also for the Dale Mori. and so looking forward to that on Sunday. Uh, Kind of the same scenario there, and we're looking forward to what God is going to do. The weekend between, Monday through Thursday, each night at 6.30 up until 8.30, there's going to be Vacation Bible School in Blaine, Pennsylvania at the Manassas Community Baptist Church. So if you have children, you're in the area, we'd love to have you come, love to have you attend. Just wanted to make that known to you. We're back in Job 38 again today. We spoke of those gates of death, seen the doors of the shadow of death. We understand there's a lot there because we're talking about God himself is speaking to Job. And therefore, we know that God has seen the doors of death. We know even in prophecy here, he's by foreknowledge has seen those things, knows those things, understands those things. And that's why he's asking Job. Job has prophesied of these things with Jesus Christ. But has he seen them? No, he's only seen them because God has revealed them to him. It would be like me saying, well, I've seen salvation, tried to teach God about salvation. And yet salvation he's the author and the finisher of our faith, and so because he's authored our faith, there's nothing I can teach God about salvation. He's trying to teach me about salvation to give understanding of these things in verse eighteen, he says, "Hast thou perceived the breadth of the earth? Declare if thou knowest it all? Where is the way where light dwelleth, and as for darkness, where is the place thereof? So these are some pretty hard answers these are some pretty hard things to understand. I don't know if there's a scientist on this earth to can to understand these things today. I can understand marginally these things. I know that these things are in God. I know that light is hid by his thick cloud because he told us that. That's the only way I'd have them understanding. Nature can't teach me these things. And he goes on and says, why thou should take it to the bound thereof, and that thou shouldest know the past of the house of thereof. Knowest thou it, because thou wast then born, or because the number of thy days is great? He's asked him a question there. Do you understand these things because of who you are? Or because the number of thy days is great. Do you think your, your wisdom of your years has given you understanding? And what God is telling Job, even the things he spake of, even the things he prophesied of, even these things which he spake of earlier in this book, these are things that God's revealed to him. Maybe like me getting up and trying to preach in the intellect of the things that I have learned in the word of God. And yet it's all been God. It's all been God's teaching. It's all been God making manifest his son. And it'd be crazy for me to boast of these things and act like I have some kind of knowledge of these things. When God himself has given any knowledge of these things and given us the word of God to proclaim Jesus Christ, and therefore there's no place for me to boast of what I have or what I've done. Hast thou entered into the treasures of the snow? Or hast thou seen the treasures of the hail? Who's seen these things? Who's gone and looked at the vast treasures of snow? I think of Monmouth Lake, California, and the high Sierras this year, and the feet and feet of snow, and it just continued to snow. They still, as of July 4th, had feet of snow upon the mountains. They finally closed the ski resort just because people weren't coming, but they could have skied all summer, most likely. There's treasures of the snow. You look at those pictures from early uh, space capsules and those first trips into space. And you look at the massive clouds upon the earth and the massive snow clouds, rain clouds, the moisture contained just in the heavens above the earth and the massive treasures of it. Have you seen these things, Joe? Have you entered into the treasures? Has he seen the treasures of the hail? By the way, that hail he tells us now, which I have reserved against the time of trouble, against the day of battle and war. God has reserved the treasures of the hail for those days. They're there, they're in God's treasury. And there is a day when God is going to pour out the treasuries of his hail. We see a little glimpse of it. And I believe a lot of these weather patterns, a lot of these things in the weather, we see the whirlwind, we see the storm, uh, we see the and we see uh, the treasures of snow, the hail, the rain, the lightning, the thunder. We see these things and they're just proving what the word of God says. And I believe God does that, that we could see and understand him. But do men turn to him? No, they turn to wisdom and science, and they turn to the knowledge of, of the Weather Channel, and they turn to the knowledge of paid entertainers, calling themselves weathermen, and they submit to them rather than what God said. And he said, these are for the day of battle, they're for war. By what way is the light parted, which scattereth the east wind upon the earth? So he tells you again, the light the scattereth the east wind upon the earth. It's amazing how when the sun comes up, all the winds change, all the patterns change. When the sun goes down, the wind changes, the patterns change, the weather changes. Why God does these things. God knows these things. He said, who hath divided the water course? And this is really one of my favorite passages in all the scripture. I'll just be honest with you. The Lord gave me this some 15 years ago in evangelism. And I've just used these verses over and over and I clung to these and I marvel at these. But he said, who divided the water course for the overflowing of waters or a way for the lightning of thunder. Job, did you do this? Did you make the water course to go in its course? And I like when the the, the Corps of Engineers has tried to change the flow of the Mississippi and change the flow of uh, the Missouri and some of the mighty rivers. they tried to do these things, and... One of those unique places is that land there in Kentucky that's cut off by the Mississippi River because the Corps of Engineers was playing around and a great flood came and diverted the river. And now there's that little piece of Kentucky that you can't get to from Kentucky because the river cuts it off because the Corps of Engineers thought they'd do something. And God just shows he makes a way for that water. God makes the water course for the overflowing of waters. God has always made a way for that water and for that overflowing of the water. God does that away from the lightning of thunder. God does that. But then he said this, to cause it to rain on the earth where no man is, on the wilderness wherein there is no man. And I marvel at that passage. I think it's a wonderful passage. God knows where that seed is. God knows where that tender herb is. God knows where he's put that seed. And he sends that drop of rain, that distillation of a single raindrop from Job 36. He distills it abundantly upon the face of the earth. Why? Because God establishes that water course. God knows the treasures of the heavens. And God pours that rain down. He sets a rain course. He sets a water course. He sets a raindrop in its course and in its flight that it could fall upon the face of the earth. This is what he said in verse 26, 27. To cause it to rain on the earth where no man is, on the wilderness wherein there is no man, to satisfy the desolate and waste ground, and to cause the bud of the tender herb to spring forth. So he asked this entire question, who? Job, who did this? Who made a way that that tender herb might spring forth? Who made a way that drop of rain could fall exactly where it's supposed to fall and that herb can spring forth because it satisfies the desolate and the waste ground? Isaiah 53, who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and we shall see him. There is no beauty that we should desire him. Over in Isaiah 55, well-known passage of Scripture, before he says this verse say, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, there's the treasures, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So again, Isaiah tells us that the Lord sends that rain. The Lord told Job, he satisfies the desolate and the waste ground. Why does he do that? Because the bud of the tender herb to spring forth. He told us that in Jesus Christ, he springs up. Why did he spring forth? It's a tender plant out of a dry ground. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. What did he say in Isaiah 55? Again, in verse 10, he said, but watereth the earth and making it bring forth and bud. That's a work of God. Job, you had no part in this. Can I say, you and I have no part in this. This is all a marvelous work of God. This is a wonder that God would do these things. God has always done these things because He's God and because He can. And by the way, that's why the apostle Paul spoke of planting and watering, and he spoke very vividly and very clearly about that planting and watering. But he said, "On this wise, who then is Paul? We're in First Corinthians three five, and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man." It kind of limits us there in what we're doing—just ministers of what the Lord is trying to do. I have planted. Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. And so we go back to Job 38 and we see now that that water has fallen upon the face of the earth. God has set that water course. God has put that water right where that seed was that needed to spring up. There is a picture there, there is an understanding of salvation. What does God do? He sends forth a water. He sends forth a planter. One man plants, another man waters. And what does God do? He giveth the increase. How does he give the increase? Because he goes to the desolate and the waste ground, and he waters with that seed where no man is. No man knows where that seed is, but that seed has fallen from the sower's pouch, and it's on a dry ground, but it's fertile ground. And all it needs is some rain from heaven, and God sends that drop of rain. He distills that single drop of rain, falls upon that tender herb, that seed cracks open, germinates, opens, begins to grow, begins to flourish as soon as like a tree planted by the water, which bringeth forth its fruit in its season. That's a wonderful working of God. It'd be very difficult for me to take credit for anything in ministry in light of that. It be very difficult for me to take credit if anything done or anything accomplished in the lives of people in light of the seed of the word of God, in light of the watering of the word of God, in light of that marvelous work of God in people's lives. You know what my job is? Is to plant. My job is to water. There's some pastors plant and the evangelist's water. Some evangelist plant the pastor waters, co-laborers with Jesus Christ. But it's God that giveth the increase. That's what he's telling Job. You don't even know where that seed is, Joe. Were you there when I opened up the heavens and poured out the rain? And that rain fell up where no man is, on that desolate ground, that that that, that ground that has no uh, growth, has no greenery, has no life in it. But yet I sent that storm and it sprung forth. I've used the illustration off as being out in the Phoenix area. And we're in West Phoenix, out towards Apache Junction. And it hit Got one of their Phoenix storms were just horrific storms, wind and mud and rain and just an awful thing in a city that never gets rain. And I was there for one of those. And we had to clean the windows and clean the cars and wash everything down because this it blows sand and grit everywhere. But then we went out to the desert and I found out most of Mesa, uh, most of the, the city west had gone out west to see the desert. You know why? Because when it rains, the desert springs into bloom. It burns up pretty quick. It doesn't last long. But the whole desert was yellow. There were patches of red. There were patches of green. Why? Because when that rain came, every tender herb sprung forth where the seed had been planted. And that's a wonderful working of God. That's beyond my understanding. That's beyond my knowledge. But it's God that did this. And then he says in verse 28 Hath the reign of Father, or who hath begotten the drops of dew? Who did this, Job? Whose marvelous work is this? It's certainly not my work. I look back at the years of ministry. It's not my ministry. It's his. Deuteronomy 32 and 1, give ear, O you heavens, and I will speak and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. And here's why God does it. Because I will publish the name of the Lord. Ascribe ye greatness unto our God. I've likened it to this, that dew settles upon people. That dew is just a consistent, every morning there's moisture, it keeps things alive, it keeps things going, but then all of a sudden those showers fall upon the mown grass, and those showers come down, they water, and that grass springs forth, and that grass grows. And the dew is that day-to-day life, that day-to-day Christian life. Every once in a while, God will just water. Every once in a while, God will just open up the heavens and pour water upon that seed. And that's his work. He's the father of the rain. He's the one that begot the drops of dew. And by the way, there is a picture there of Jesus Christ. We know that the word of God. Out of whose womb came the ice and the hoary frost of heaven, who hath gendered it. Then he said, the waters are hit as with a stone and the face of the deep is frozen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Again, he's questioning Job. He's asking Job, who's done this? Whose work is this, Job? You've spoken on my behalf. You've spoken defending me. But then, Job, you began to speak of yourself. What have you really done? And can I say to each one of us listening, what have you really done? What have you really accomplished? Can I say outside of Jesus Christ, there's absolutely nothing we've accomplished in this life. I go by the hospital. I see the wings dedicated to certain men, usually millionaires and Now, sometimes billionaires, and you see companies named after them, and we have some around here that buildings are named after, parks are named after, roads are named after, and listen, they've donated lands, they've donated uh, great donations, and listen, their legacy lives on forever. But how long really is that legacy going to be? How long are people going to know that name? How long are people going to remember that person when all they've done is in the power of their flesh? All they've done is the best a man could do in this life. Yet far beyond that, there's that wonderful work of God. Far beyond that is that wonderful work that begins with salvation. And the Lord God continues that work in everyone that believes on his name. And what a wonderful work that is. How can we take credit for anything? How can we take credit for our life? How can I take credit for my preaching? How could I dare take credit for this podcast to know it's the Lord that waters? It's the Lord that has given the increase. It's the marvelous work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Tune in again tomorrow, would you please? There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine podcast with evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website, One seven zero zero six. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow, and remember to look up for your redemption for all night. See